like, no, I've been pretty chill. Meanwhile, I've like gotten a whole monastery in my backyard, shaved my head, prayed the rosary. I'm like, no, I don't really think I'm dealing with too much of this. <laughs> no, I, I haven't changed. What are you talking about? Let's begin now. I woke up this morning and I said, you know, instead of waiting for a good day to happen, you know, waiting around through ups and downs, you know, I, I just said, look. everyone welcome to the program it is a breath of fresh life pumped to be back it's been a little bit um i'm your host garrett hayden joined or co-host i should say uh joined by my two good friends brenna keith and andrew Lydon. how are you guys doing pretty good you know glad to be back sorry i missed last episode no worries <laughs> good afternoon garrett just Garrett. Good afternoon. And Brad, we're so happy to have you back. Oh, thanks. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Brad is back. We uh, Last episode, Andrew and I did a bit about uh, Camp Arrowhead, so um, I would love it if you guys uh, went over, took a listen to that. If you already have, you know, you can go back and listen to it again. I mean, just some <laughs> great content all around. Um, yeah, it was maybe, fun doing that. Maybe- do a part two where I yeah dude maybe so it's it's been quite a bit but uh all three of us are back with a new episode today's episode eight um as always you can follow us on twitter at breath podcast no we're not a podcast about breath but you know a breath of fresh life (laughs) um so today we are doing an episode we're going to talk about um you know how we've been dealing with uh COVID-19 these last few months I think at this point it's probably been about six months or so I think since you know there's been you know quarantine or you know any kind of those things so um we're going to be talking about how the three of us have been dealing with that I think we're also going to talk about um our mental health which I think you know honestly goes hand in hand with um this pandemic and you know how we're all handling it so um I think today's episode, you know, like maybe some other ones, it's going to be very loose and kind of just whatever comes to our comes to our brains. So, um, however you guys want to start it, I am totally up for anything. I I would love to to lead off with just kind of echoing the importance of mental health. Sure. Um, especially just because it's such a stigmatized issue. That everyone, like you say, you have depression and everyone freaks out or you have anxiety and all of a sudden everyone has anxiety. Um, So I think that especially now with COVID, I think a lot of people's mental health, like the things that they're going through has become much more obvious or even added. Like I, I personally was diagnosed with anxiety 
a month after COVID started. Um, and I've been taking medicine for it and it's been getting a lot better, but it's a new thing for me. So it was a weird, like new development, but I will say for me, the biggest thing has been dealing with anxiety that I've never had before. Mm-hmm. So that was, I mean, just to jump right into it, sure. like to tie those two things together. That's all I'm thinking about, you mm-hmm. know? Brenna, if you don't mind me asking, you know, when you say anxiety, like what are, what were some of the things that, you know, you, you know, struggle with? So I will say, so even before this, I've had panic attacks, but they've been, you know, like all of a sudden out of nowhere, it hits me and I can't really breathe and I cry a lot and, mm-hmm. and I have to like, you know, sit in my own bubble and sometimes I need like help to get out of it. Um, sorry about the squeaking in the background. Um, but I would say the newest thing that I didn't experience was after being, you know, quarantined in, in a studio apartment with my partner for a month and then going out to like grocery shop, even putting the mask on and actively walking through a store with people around me. It felt like someone was just squeezing my chest and it just got tighter and tighter and tighter. And I was like, why is it so hard to breathe? Is it the mask? I thought, that had something to do with it. Every time I cough and I'm out in public, even with my mask on, I start to feel anxious because it's like, I don't want anyone to think that I have COVID. I've been tested twice, just one time to see my friends. We all got tested before we saw each other. And then just another time because I had the flu and I was terrified that I had COVID. But then they were like, no, it's negative. You just have a bad stomach bug. But like, it's just all of that. I can just feel it building inside of me. And that's never happened to me before. Mm-hmm. Um, additionally, I also started therapy during this COVID quarantine. And that's been also going very well. So Good. I highly recommend therapy to everybody. Um, even if you feel like you don't need it, I it still benefits a lot of things. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mute myself. That's okay. So for those of you that don't know, Brenna and uh, her partner Kate just recently um, adopted a dog. So uh, they're going they're they're going through some stuff right now. So if that's that 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 is what you're hearing in the background. Yeah, you're hearing a teething puppy who is in his witching hour. That's what you're hearing. So. <laughs> So Andrew, any um, any thoughts that you have uh, opening? Yeah, I have a question. So like when when you're like say a muscle gets sore, like your leg muscle gets sore, you'd stretch it out, you'd like foam roll it, and like you'd over time it would alleviate. But like if you had an anxiety, which is like which begins like you said at the mental like mental health, if you have an anxiety thing, but it's physically manifesting right in your chest, what do you do? So, so for me, my anxiety doesn't get that severe, but I do, um, have, I know people and, and very close with people who have anxiety attacks so bad, they actually need a PRN, which is like a specific medicine that you take to calm yourself down. Um, it's really, really difficult when the symptoms become physical, that your brain is playing that game of like, I have COVID, I'm having a heart attack, I can't breathe. Like I've, I've, I've brought um, someone to the urgent care because they were having such a bad panic attack that they thought they were having a heart attack. 
and the symptoms, you know, like the left arm got really tight and she started freaking out. And so we went to urgent care and they were like, you just have an elevated heart rate. You're having an anxiety attack. Um, so it can be very, very debilitating. Um, and then once you take the medicine, you're tired, it can get really hard. But for me, I need space. Like I need to physically remove myself from a situation that makes me anxious. And then I just try and like take deep breaths. My, um, psychiatrist actually taught me this cool strategy is that you breathe in as much as you can and then you plug one of your nostrils and you breathe it all out and then you do the same thing and then do it on the other side and it slows your breathing down so much that it decreases your heart rate so that things start to go away so for me if I'm having a really hard time and I'm like in Walmart which has happened before I literally just through my mask have been plugging my nose and it's helped but like and you still feel the physical side of it. Like there's still that, it still feels like someone's gripping my chest as tight as they possibly can. And there's like really nothing I can do about it besides removing myself, using my coping mechanisms, like different things like that. But I would say now it definitely manifests when it's physical. Like a lot of people's anxiety symptoms have been that they think that they have COVID and that really plays a big part into it. Because who knows, you know, like, you know, someone who knows someone that has COVID, that's the whole thing. But yeah. Have either of you ever experienced anything like with anxiety specifically or like just since COVID has started or is it more just kind of like extra precautions? Yeah, I mean, I think for, for me, it's been kind of, you know, extra precautions and, you know, I don't know, not really leaving the house very much you know if I leave the house it's for you know a doctor's appointment or you know something I absolutely have to go do um but I think you know for me and I don't you know I'll just speak for myself you know me as a person I kind of tend to be kind of a homebody in general so you know I think that while this you know quarantine or COVID or you know whatever this period is you want to call it it's been difficult for me, but it's not been, you know, super difficult because I think I'm, you know, kind of used to hanging out, hanging out at home and, you know, doing the things in my house. But it is, you know, a lot different when, you know, I can't see my friends, you know, and can't can't socialize. And so I kind of have to, you know, keep my own keep my own company, um, I guess. Um, but I think at the beginning, it was definitely a you know, everyone in, in, in our house was pretty concerned. You know, I think when we started to get quarantined, my dad, you know, had a cough for a few weeks and my mom, you know, slept in, in a different room in the house. Um, you know, obviously things ended up being fine, but it just was like, you really didn't know. And I think like, that's probably what a lot of people probably experienced at the very beginning where it's like, okay, you really don't know what's going on. You really have to be as careful as you possibly can. Um, and even my older brother, the times that he's come to the house, you know, even recently, he's not really, you know, I don't think he stayed the night, you know, he stayed in the afternoon, came in the house for a little bit, but, you know, isn't spending too much time. And I think he's trying to be as careful as he possibly can. Um, so I think just in general, I'm very happy and very thankful that everyone in my family has been, has, has been fine. That's a good question, Brenna. Um, trying to think about it, how it pertains to the general thing and how, like, how how mental health, like, over the last twenty three years of my life, versus like 
what did, did COVID amplify or negate or keep the same? Any mental health things? I think truth be told, my biggest, you know, if we're talking about mental battles would be um, just like being in when the seasons like will just be dark. Like I'll, I'll, you know, go to work and it's dark and then I'll come home and when I get out of work, it's still dark. And I think not seeing the light is probably that can make me unhappy. You know what I mean? Versus like, I don't like the belabor. Like I really don't have any really like at all. Like it, I almost have like surprisingly like none up until the point of like 18 years old uh, where I like, couldn't even relate to people. Like I just couldn't even have a adult conversation with individuals who had autism, who had um, anxiety. Cause I just did not understand where people were coming from. I just couldn't wrap my head around it. And then not until I started like feeling anxiety, which is a term that Google it if you haven't, uh, but it's like when you get a hangover, like sometimes you get really bad anxiety on the back half of it and like did plenty of going out at college. And unfortunately, that's when that kind of anxiety thing kind of got built into me, if you would. So even now, if I'll drink for two to four straight days, the last day is always very spooky for sure. Um, usually won't carry over to the week, will mess up my sleeping for days on end, uh, if I'm not careful, but, um, I would say mostly seasonal depression versus anything else. Never have had it prolonged, but has definitely like had a week where I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm not very happy and trying to workshop that, um, anxiety, almost none to a point in my youth. Then at college, definitely started developing it, understanding it a lot more, which is also around the time that. I think people in general were way more apt to speak about mental health, which I think, um, you know, definitely helped me wrap my head around a lot of these things. But still, I'm mean, still figuring it out. But then I, I say when when COVID hits, like I'll say that I don't have anxiety, but then I'll like go into this like, oddly creative state and like just create things for just create tons of content. And, like I'll start making music at points in my life when like. I'm quote unquote not anxious, but it manifests itself in odd ways with me. Um, but I, I mean, don't know if I would call that anxiety as much as it is a coping mechanism. Yeah, it's coping. Cope for sure. Yeah, coping. It's, yeah. It sounds like though, when you do it, you do it before the anxiety truly hits. Or is it hitting, and that's why you start doing those things? Um, I think it's hitting subconsciously, but it's not. It's never, it'll never, like, I don't know if you've ever read about face by, like, David Hackensworth, but it's, like, I never let it hit. Like, I would never want my mother, like, this isn't, this isn't correct, but, like, this is just how I have dealt with things throughout my life is, like, I definitely don't want to let anybody into that. My go-through would be my go-through. That's hard. I suppose, I just, I don't know. I think that's just, like, um. Yeah, I don't know. I think it sounds a little harder when I say it like that versus like what I'm doing day to day. But who knows? Do you think that you're because I feel like we've had a couple interactions where like I feel like when you're you're in a bad place, you mm. know, like you'll find someone who you who you know can relate. Yeah. And go from there, which I think is another good thing. So it, I wouldn't say you you deal with it completely alone. I think. Mm. It's when it's bad enough, you you ask for help, I, which I think, I mean, Garrett, I think you also do that as well, which is really good quality for someone to have. 
because that can be like the hardest part about managing and, and working through mental health issues is not sharing it with anybody and just locking it inside. I really agree with that statement. Yeah. Um, I, I just will say something that I've found interesting is I do have one of my best friends and, you know, he often will, will call me and, you know, has a bunch of different things going on. And, you know, I just like to be there just to listen and kind of just listening to what he's saying. And then I felt like last week, you know, I had a bunch of things going on. And so that, you know, roles were reversed and I felt comfortable calling him being like, hey, do you have 10 or 15 minutes? Can I just, you know, talk about these things? And, you know, I think like one of the things that makes it, you know, easier is if you do, you know, reach out to people or if you make yourself available to listen, it's going to make it a lot easier, you know, when the roles are reversed and you have to, you know, get what it is out and that other person, you know, it's their turn to listen. So um, that dynamic's always been interesting uh, to me because I, you know, tend to tend to reach out to people almost automatically when, you know, I have I have things going on because I don't really like to deal with things on my own. I mean, sometimes I do and, you know, sometimes it works out fine. I'm able to distract myself with, you know, music or whatever it is. Um, but it does also feel good to be able to get it out to another human person so that they can, you know, relate to what it, what it is that's going on. I think I find myself a lot, like, with that. I like to communicate and I like to figure it out, but when I immediately react when something's happening, it is harder for me to understand why that thing is happening. And, like, I mean, cards all out on the table, I also have a mood disorder, so it can be hard to track if my mood is actually, like, on par with the situation going on or if it's just my, you know, brain just playing a wild trick on me. Um, Which, like, for... Uh, luckily, I've had been dealing with this for a while, so it's been something that I've been working on and, and like, fine with, but, oh my god, science. Um, but, uh, I will say that I like to, especially now, which we're given the space to do, is I like to remove myself and watch something that makes me happy. Like, I know, Garrett, we've had this conversation before, but, like, Parks and Rec for me, I can turn that show on, I can watch people that I care about, I can laugh, I can, like, feel a connection to those characters, and then I'm like, okay, I've got space now in my head to bring back what just happened, think about it, and and be able to process it. So I think, like, everyone processes things differently, and I would say sometimes I just need to text my friends and vent, but I I feel like I can't do it immediately because my brain is just like, has no idea what's actually going on. And, like, I've done this, this, like, I had an ex once that didn't like the movie Moana, and I had, I screamed at her. Like, full-on screamed, I've never been more angry for genuinely no reason. So it's like, I don't do that as much anymore. (laughs) But, like, I'll cry for no reason, and and it's like, why are you crying? And I'm like, oh, fuck no. Like, it's just happening. It's cool. It's happened in stores before, and people are like, are you okay? I'm like, I'm fine. What do you mean? So, like, shit happens, but I definitely think, like, having space and then being able to talk it out after is super important, at least for me. Like, that's key. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, so many times I have things where I can just, you know, I can, or I can, you know, feel myself getting really angry. And most of the time it's just irrational, stupid stuff about sports where someone will say something, you know, in a group chat. I mean, that's kind of been happening recently and 
Drew can probably attest to that if he's been seeing some of the things in a group chat that we're in. But yeah, sometimes, you know, I will feel myself getting mad and then just step away and be like, this isn't worth getting angry about. And then I come back to it and I'm like, okay, you know, this is a better, more rational response than, you know, complying into some, some opinion. Absolutely. The different ways that people are taking it. Like, what, mm-hmm. what are your initial thoughts? I'm sure we've all thought about this plenty. Like, how do you feel? I mean, I'll. I mean, I'll probably be very like super honest about this, and you know, it's not necessarily a COVID thing. I mean, it mostly is, but it's people that you know. And if if you guys know me, I'm on social media pretty fair amount, probably way more than I should. Um, but a lot of stuff is like people saying things on social media like, oh, you know, 2020 has been such a shitty year, you know, like this is so bad, like everything's bad. And it's just like sometimes that like makes me upset, doesn't give me, you know, I'm not anxious or anything like that. But it's like I feel like there's a reason why this is going on. I know that that's kind of a weird thing to say, but I feel like whenever there are you know, moments of crisis when there are things going on that are beyond our control, like there's certain ways that you can deal with it. And I think like one of the ways that I tried to deal with COVID at the beginning was, you know, try to treat this as an opportunity. Like there has to be a reason why this is going on that, you know, maybe it's a sign that like all of us need to realize what's important in our life and, you know, not take certain things for granted. I mean, I feel like COVID literally took away everything. Like we're not allowed, like we weren't able to do what we normally do. We weren't able to go out and, you know, see friends, you know, there weren't sports going on. Like literally it stopped everything. And it's like, yeah, you can sit and complain about things, but it's like, that's not really like nothing's going to change, you know? And maybe I've not done the best job of like, you know, treating this as, as, as an opportunity, but I think like, I've tried to not get bogged down into this. Oh my God, like, when are we ever going to get out of this? You know, and being more like, hey, you know, at least for me, at least, you know, sports are back. You know, there's music that came out through COVID that really helped me and like made me look forward to like next things that are coming up, you know, instead of getting bogged down and be like, oh my God, when are we ever going to get out of this? When are things ever going to get back to normal? Um, and it's just trying to take things slowly, trying to take things, you know, day by day and week by week. And, you know, yeah, we're going to get through this at some point, but, um, I just think like it has a lot to do with mental health and like how you deal with it and how you try to, you know, take positives out of things that clearly are negative, but, you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe that, maybe that's, maybe that's weird, but, um, I think that's just kind of my overall thoughts uh, about it, I guess. Keith, what was your, like, timeline of it? Like, walk me through, like, pre-COVID, 
when you're hearing rumblings in like February, when people are running into their big box retailer to grab all the supplies they'd ever need, the two-week window where we're going to shut down the country, and then the prolonged period and how you dealt with all of it. So I actually was, like, leading up into COVID, was working a lot with my um, students of trying to understand, like, what COVID is, that it's actually a concern, things like that. Um, But I was sick March 9th, I want to say. So it was, like, five days before school closed. Like, we were remote teaching, stuff like that. and I had a stomach bug again, just like I get them randomly. Um, my fever never cracked 99. I only vomited a couple times, but like still didn't want to go into school, didn't want to risk it. Um, and then that put Kate, my partner, who works with chronic, chronic and terminally ill children, her at home, because then when she found out that I was sick, talked to her medical director, and it was like a very, it was a whole thing. Um, but the board of health had okayed me since my fever didn't crack and I didn't really have any other symptoms. Um, so they let me go back and work. So I finished up on the March 13th. And then since then, it's just been, I mean, in terms of a job, absolutely wild. <laughs> I'm, oh my God. I mean, we could delve into this for a long time. But at the end of the day, kids are going to really be lacking social emotional help and support kids are not going to get the full education that they should be getting um the system is set up to keep us safe but it's not set up to help our kids succeed um i will say like the the setup we're in right now for school is making me feel safe but i do have serious concerns about teaching my kids the knowledge that they need um i mean who knows? It's a whole conversation, but I worked this summer at um, Memorial Beach. I was the manager, and so we had really awesome precautions. We had, like, like um, tied things off, separated things. Um, for the most part, had good interactions with people, but I will say the number of people who didn't wear masks, <laughs> and we had to, you know, tell them you need to put a mask on. You can't come in around here without it. Um, just people's reactions to that is what is honestly the most disappointing and like going back to school now the what parents are saying and what other teachers are saying like it's just sad I feel like at the end of the day like if I could be honest it's just really sad like I don't know I want to I'm like the person that builds relationships with kids and that's my thing and I fucking love it and like I thrive off of it and I don't know how that's gonna happen when I see my kids seven times in an entire term you know like, how, how can you really truly help kids without that? So I feel like that's my the one thing that I'm, like, most stressed and anxious about right now is that it was awful at the end of the year, and it seems like it's going to be just as hard at the beginning of this year, and it's could have been avoided, you know? We could have all worn masks and stayed quarantined and all been fine, but we didn't. So I feel like that's – I have a little bit of animosity towards people who are that disrespectful that now my job is impacted uh, going to be probably a year later because you couldn't just stay home and put on a mask. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Which absolutely. Animosity. There's, like, it pisses me off. Yeah. I mean, the, the whole idea is to 
keep people safe and it's just like how like how how is that possibly something that you can disagree with how is that possibly something you can you know try to negotiate out of or whatever like you're not just protecting you you're protecting everyone around you people that you care about like what are we gonna stop caring about those people i mean i I don't know it's just it's such a weird mind mindset i think well like i was talking to someone the other day who um their family's in the midwest and their aunt died from covid so they went to the that state and they were at the funeral in the wake and like more than half the family didn't have masks on and it's like y'all she literally died from covid and you're still not gonna wear a mask like that's still your choice um so that's like the things you hear and it's just like how is how is this even remotely possible but here we are (sighs) has it i mean like i know garrett it's affected your job because of you know sports and the lack of that but drew what has it done for you like have what do you have to do um i mean there's like temperature checks in the morning and masks and things like that but um almost none like we had like two weeks of like pto like uh you know take two weeks kind of feel out the lay of the land like that's when everything was so up in the air like honestly like that's when communication was coming out like it could be on surfaces and this that and third and there wasn't really ppe so we put the pause on for a few weeks and then kind of did everything with like a ton of distancing and they, they keep sending us these care packages of like sanitizer and masks and things like that but uh but those first few weeks, though, you know, the I'm sure as you were teaching and you're seeing all these reports coming out and this thing's closing and this thing's closing. Well, then is Boston school closing? And, you know, that, of course, I was working during that, too. Everyone was that that Monday and Tuesday. I don't know the exact date, but um, that unknowing, right, that that um, there's so much uncertainty and then the immediacy at which all like the dominoes fell. I mean, it was just insane. Uh, yeah, it's, it was definitely unlike anything I've ever experienced in my entire life. I feel like at the end of the day, right, it just absolutely, <laughs> it's messed with every single person in the world. Yeah. Like if you really look at it and break it down, it has literally touched every single person in some way or another yeah. which is just mind-boggling yeah here's a story i really want to share with you guys i'm very excited to share this because it ties back a lot of conversations we've had but um is is mental health but then also my relationship to religion and and sorry during the first like three or four days like we're like not like you know, we're stuck in the home. We can't see anyone for two weeks. It's only going to be two weeks, which is already part of the denial, right? Because right. That, you know, I mean, you're still in denial. Like I was, you know, we can go into it, but beforehand I was like, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. It's like the flu, which of course, like we got bad information from very important people. So, you know, I don't Facts. blame myself too much, but at the same time, I would, I would characterize myself as very much in denial until it absolutely happened. And then it's like, hey, you're, you're tied up for two weeks. I'm like, well, it's only two weeks. Maybe I'll learn piano. Um, but in any event. <laughs> Maybe I'll learn piano. <laughs> the uncertainty is building and building. And my parents and I sat down in my family room, it was the three of us, and prayed the rosary. Wow. 
essentially is just like you're just hammering our fathers and Hail Marys until you're blue in the face. And when I finished it, I turned off my phone. I gave a few people my uh, my home phone number and went off the phone for like four days. So while it wasn't divine in the sense where like I got any communication from God, yada, yada, that pause that I needed in my life actually helped me be like, oh my God, I'm so sucked into my phone and the uncertainty and just trying to learn more like I need to detach from this. I'm in my home. I'm safe. I have all the food I'll ever need. I need, like you said, I need space. That is, I'm like very surprised by that. Me too. Yeah. I was going to say that's not something I expected to hear. Me either at all. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. How did you go from that to your Zen garden on your deck? How did we get <laughs> Yeah, I'm very curious about the timeline. Yeah, I need to know, but Garrett, I didn't mean to interrupt you. But no, no worries. Like, I'm like, Jesus to Buddha in a, in a jump? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I mean, they're all, I mean, yeah, I think they're all, they're all kind of saying the same thing. I don't think it's all coming from a real source, but who knows, but who knows? Um... <laughs> But, um, yeah, pray the rosary one time, cold turkey, quit the rosary, go, and I'm, like, needing to find this thing. And I just got super into Ram Dass. You guys know who he is. There's a Netflix documentary on him called, I think, Taking Guiding People Home. He's this, like, spiritual leader. Um, and I think his, like, he's, like, we're all just walking each other home, like, to death. And it just really, really hit a, hit a spot for me. And then um, – from that, I started meditating. And when I was meditating, I'm like, well, I want a Buddha. And then in the documentary, there are these beautiful scenes of him just being, just, like, just chilling in his Zen, not a Zen garden, but like there's all these beautiful shrubs. And um, definitely check it out, Ram Dass on, the, on, on, uh, on Netflix. And uh, yeah, that's what sparked that. And I saw that I was also just super liquid, like living at home, working full time. Like I had nothing to spend money on and I was like bum Zen guarded let it rip but I really enjoyed it I said it here a ton actually I'm out here I know the people listening can't see this but I'm out in my Zen garden now I sit uh, crisscross applesauce and just breathe out here uh, for 10 minutes a day usually longer if I'm if I've had a a taxing day Um, so most days Um, and yeah so we, we do like it out here for sure so that was the pattern I love that wow yeah i'm like no i've been pretty chill meanwhile i've like gotten a whole monastery in my backyard shaved my head prayed the rosary i'm like no i don't really think i'm dealing with too much of this (laughs) no i I haven't changed what are you talking about I, I was talking to a, uh, a coworker yesterday, and I was like, yeah, I got all this stuff to do this week. On Thursday, I got my podcast, and they were just like, what? You do a podcast? And I'm like, I don't know if I should have told you that, but I do a podcast. So we're talking about that. So life has been just this beautiful, beautiful, uncertain thing. What are you but talking about? You should be telling people you're doing this. I know. I should start promoting more. Yeah, get the word out. And then they're like, wow, you guys hit some pretty heavy topics. I'm like, honestly, we kind of do. Like, we, we get up to bat on this podcast. Yeah, you haven't seen nothing yet. No, just kidding. Yeah, we're just getting warmed up. You're getting up. warmed up. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, life. Breath of fresh life. 
Yeah, seriously. <laughs> well, Andrew, I think me definitely, I was definitely like one of those people that like wasn't really sure, you know, how serious it was, you know. This is kind of wild. So do you guys remember Ebola and that whole scare in, uh, what was it, What whatever summer it was. So um, it like, you know, originated in, in West Africa. And ironically, that particular summer, my older brother was in the Peace Corps and was in West Africa. And so, you know, that was like the first time I had dealt with like a kind of like potential like really like bad like disease i guess you could say I don't, i'm not like phrasing that correctly but like you know hearing that from him that was like the summer of like 2014 or 2015 or whatever summer it was and you know i remember we were on vacation in bar harbor he gives us a call and it's like you know i need to leave here in like two or three days and so remember picking him up from the airport and being like you know very concerned and so you know, I felt like that's kind of what this was going to be at the beginning. I'm like, okay, you know, it's going to be what it's going to be. It's probably going to run its course. And then it was like, you know, it started to get serious where I think I went on, I had like a doctor's appointment maybe a week before like the lockdown or whatever. And there are these signs all over like, oh, if you've traveled to, you know, Wuhan, China or like, uh, like, like that surrounding area, like you have to let someone know. And it was like, I never thought it was going to get as bad as it's gotten. Um, but it really hit me when, you know, it was whatever that Friday where my mom comes home and apparently they had had a student and maybe a parent that had tested positive um, for the virus, you know, in her school. And it was like, okay, this is really, really serious. And it was like, that's probably where it started my, you know, where, like, anxiety started to set in, like, okay, you know, what's going on? Like, how serious is this? And, you know, it ended up being very serious. And then once sports getting canceled, it's like, okay, this is, like, this is this is not a joke. This is not like anything we've seen before. Um, so, you know, having that, like, previous experience definitely was interesting. But it's like, you know, I don't think anyone thought it was going to be as serious as it's gotten. And, you know, here we are six months later and not really too much has changed. You know, we're still kind of, it's still kind of the same stuff going on. Yep. <laughs> like, same number of deaths is when it first really started kicking off. Yeah. No, I think, honestly, I think I'm with both of you where I, at first, didn't think it would get here. Like, for some reason, I thought it just wouldn't get here. But then obviously it did. And then same thing as, as your mom, Garrett, I, we had a parent test positive and their two kids also test positive were in the high school and they had attended that like conference, which is what brought it to Natick. Um, so that was like, oh, okay, we're closing. And, and same thing. I was like, all right, two weeks, right. We'll be fine. we can get it. And then it was like, oh no, we're not even remotely ever going to go back to school. And then, like, you know, end of school year, I'm like, cool, what's going to happen in September? It all depends on how people act this summer. And look at where we are. <laughs> I think that's the hardest part is knowing that it could have been lessened. Yeah. New Zealand literally eradicated it at one point. Yeah. Like, it was gone. That's po It's clearly possible. 
if everyone follows the guidelines and rules, but we, why would we do that? We have yeah. rights. No, the, there, there's no reason why we need to, you know, listen to science. No. What is science? What is that? You're crazy. No, Adam met Eve, and that was it. <laughs> hmm. Sorry, sorry. Irish Catholic guilt just just hit me immediately after I said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, can I sidebar really quick? Because it was something really funny that I heard before. Yes. So you know what the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit? Yes, yes. Have you heard that some like people who are like other religions, like when they see people do this, they're like, what the hell? And so I... I was listening to My Favorite Murder, the podcast, and Georgia, one of the hosts, is Jewish, and so she was like, oh yeah, the Holy Trinity, or whatever. She was like, spectacle, scrotum, watch, and wallet, and like, that was each thing, like, what you're looking for. So she was like, oh yeah, like, the spectacle, scrotum, watch, and wallet. And everyone was like, what? And then a bunch of people in the audience were like, yeah, we've heard that before. And I've never heard that. I thought it was so Sounds like something out of Rick and Morty. Something they say in like an alternate universe. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny. That's, that's so funny. <laughs> anyway, back to mental health. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. You guys have a song that you guys play if you know you're going to cry? What is it? I'm going to look it up on YouTube. Oh, jeez. I don't. What are you going to try to make me cry? No, 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 I'm not going to play it. But do you guys have, like, do you, when you guys know, like, you're absolutely in a bad spot. Yes, I know, but I I feel embarrassed to share. No. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that bad. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, okay, so it's, like, songs that, like, because, like, I feel like a lot of times I get emotional listening to, like, happy songs. But do you mean like a song where like you're feeling upset and you just listen to, or like how exactly are you feeling? That's a good qualifying question, but I don't know. I'll leave that up to you. Um, I think a lot of, and I don't know if it's like a specific song, but a lot of times, like when I'm like feeling good or like maybe I'm feeling emotionally, you know, happy about something, I listen to Chance the Rapper a lot. Um, and there are quite a few songs of his that like I throw on, you know. Um, one of the songs is, uh, oh shoot. Oh my God. There's like three or four songs that like I'm thinking of in my head, but I can't remember what the names of them are. Um, but there are a few songs from like his album, like maybe a year or so ago. Um, and there are a lot of, you know, hip hop people on Twitter that are like, oh, you know, that album was trash and, you know, might, might be so, but like, I like a couple of those songs and, you know, they do make me feel kind of good emotionally um uh, i'm trying to think there's a there's a kanye west song that i listen to sometimes um it's called oh my god what the hell is it called oh my god it's someone else talk i I'm, I'll, I'll have to figure this out <laughs> um i will say if i want to cry and i'm feeling very like emotional about Kate, I will listen to like lovey songs. So like um, all of me by John Legend. If I'm feeling like really into it, I will cry thinking about her listening to that song. She doesn't know that, and I don't think she'll listen to this. So it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, but when I'm like 
that sad. I actually have three songs that I listen to that I, like, I go to and I know are going to make me cry every single time. Um, ooh, if we want to get dramatic, it's four songs, but that's only in the Christmas season. <laughs> Let me lead off with the holiday Christmas shoes. Don't eat. If you start playing that song, I'm like, <laughs> and I just start to cry. Um, but otherwise, um, Praying by Kesha. Um, it was the one of the first songs she came out with after um, she had come out that she was um, sexually abused by her um, producer. Mm. Um, and so she was in like a five-year battle trying to get rights because she had signed a contract and so she had to do, you know, a certain amount of songs and labels with them and, and she didn't want to because she had to work with him um, and didn't want to work with her abuser. Um, and so that was her first song when she came out and was like with a different company or self, I'm not quite sure. Um, but that song really just hits me really deep in the heart. Um, it's really, and it's weird because it's called praying and I'm so not religious anymore. Um, but it, there's something about it that just like it's calling someone out for something really shitty that they did and it happened to you and it sucks but you're going to get through it, but that person's, you know, a piece of shit, basically. And it, the way that her voice is, it's just, like, so haunting and beautiful. Um, and then the other one that I like to listen to is called The Sea, and it's by, I'm pretty sure you call them Heaven, but it's H-A-E-V-N, Haven, maybe, I don't know. Um, but it's just this, like, very slow ballad kind of a song, um, which I just love. And then the last one is, uh, I'm also slightly embarrassed by it, but I'm just going to go for it anyway. It's from Frozen 2. <laughs> um, and it's the it's Show Yourself. Okay. And it's, like, it's Elsa singing about how she's like looking, searching for this thing, and it's like this missing piece of her. And then as she gets there, she realizes like she's finally found the missing piece, and it's her accepting her true self. And whenever I'm feeling, like, some type of way, I'll put that on, and I'm like, show yourself, Greta. Like, you can do this. And I, like, try and connect with the song. But it's, I mean, I've watched Frozen 2 probably, like, upwards of 20 times. I fucking love that movie. But that song will make me cry every single time. Like, I felt it in my car. It's so good. So good. I highly recommend it. If you're feeling some type of way about yourself, and you want to let your fucking awesomeness shine through, you listen to that song and you cry and you feel inspired. All right. I think I've found titles of some of those Chance the Rapper songs. So one of them um, is uh, Sun Come Down, where. Um, so, like, I remember it when I listened to it, but it's like now that I'm talking about it, it's hard to, like, describe exactly, you know, what the song is. But um, I don't know. He just has a couple songs like that that just make me feel really good. There's a song, Do You Remember, where it just it just screams camp. You know, you listen to that song and you just imagine that you're back at camp and, you know, I don't know, just something about the, the music that he puts together that just kind of I have an emotional attachment to. Um, so really kind of any of those songs I really enjoy listening to. Um, I also really like Kendrick Lamar. Um, he's got a couple songs. Um, 
one is like a 12 minute song it's called sing about me slash dying of thirst and that first part of that song is probably one of my favorite songs it's just a really beautiful song and basically is about you know he's talking about you know if he if he passes away are people that he loves are they still gonna talk about him and or you know sing about him um and there are just some lyrics in that that are that are really beautiful and so i think you know when i listen to songs it's not that i'm feeling sad it's more just like feeling feeling good and feeling like if i want to listen to something that makes me feel you know good and positive about life you know it's i, I do that and throw those songs on um there's also so i found the name of that kanye west song it's called real friends um i think it's from 2015 and like i listen to that sometimes and you know it's basically talking about like you know the people that are, are there for you or, or aren't there for you um and it just makes me feel a little emotional and sometimes you know it's i listen to that song and it's hard for me because i know that there are people that like i had had i've had relationships with and i don't keep up with them as much as i would like to or want to and so sometimes it's it's hard to listen to that song but you know i don't know we all have music that i think we like to listen to that you know makes us feel a, a type of way but i think when i'm listening to music that makes me emotional i kind of like to feel happy or good um and a lot of times it's not necessarily even about like what the lyrics are it's just like whether a song sounds you know uplifting or inspirational you know uh there's a drake song recently called when to say when and I can't ever stop playing that. I always play that song whenever I need to feel positive or feel good about something. And there's something about the like intro of that song that just is is really beautiful to me. And it's really just powerful and makes me realize that I am really lucky to have the people that I have. What about you, Andrew? I don't know. I actually got to, I was just so happy I asked. I know you guys both really like music so i just took a swing and i'm so happy i'm uh i've listened to almost none of brenna so i'm gonna listen to all of them this would be probably the first podcast that i listen back to i'm coming to collect with you guys on youtube so <laughs> i listen to music on youtube like a creep but that's for that's a conversation for another time but i'm getting heavy on youtube tonight um so oh, wait can i tell us in there yeah yeah because you need to listen to this because it also reminds me of camp and will make me cry um is rivers and rose by the head and the heart oh yeah talk about fucking crying that song will put me to bed when i think about camp like that's period end of sentence (laughs) my last edition rivers and rose oh man Oh, I got a good uh, camp cry story. Uh, the 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 Facebook video that you'll see every once in a while by the Goo Goo Dolls, Iris, when they're singing in the rain that concert. Uh, the year that I stopped being a volunteer coordinator, and I knew, I knew, I just sat and listened to that song, and I did shed a tear. And by that, I mean I saw it. But, but um, the thing is, that I have music that well, is, I'm not gonna like throw in a song and like, all right, get ready to cry. If I really need to cry, what I think about doing, and this began when I was about 16, when all my friends were doing just the most reckless stuff possible. I'm like, one of my friends is just going, it's just there's someone's going to die. Is I always thought about that I was going to be the person to eulogize. I don't know if that's a word, but give the eulogy to like everybody in my friend group. And I think 
I would say. And I think about that whenever I need to cry. And I think about it all the time, honestly. But um, I always have a call to action at the end of it. Like, if you want to memorialize this person, do this. And I think about what characteristic is central to the person and how it would apply. And usually in doing that, I'll cry. I would love to unpack that someday. <laughs> do you know too. that being Connor Ward, this is, I don't know if I should be, maybe we can edit out. We'll, you know me and a very close friend brother that I can mention off camera. Um, we've called and texted each other like throughout many a years about specific things that we want to happen when we die, and we like hold each other to it, and we swear like we swear it to each other that we're going to do it. And yet, in the beginning, every time this individual would text me, I'm like, something wrong? Like if something is like, no, just like I just need this done. So he knows everything. So. If you're listening, you do what I asked you. <laughs> but um, but yes, I don't know if that was a bomb right there. If it was, I'm sorry. But um, the songs, the songs, I would say, uh, the Coldplay song, "Lights Will Guide You." Lost, Lost is gonna get you. And I don't know if the name is. It was called Lost, but you know the song I'm talking about. Tears stream down your face. That one would be my number one. Rivers of Roads is really good. Jackson Brown is a song called These Days, where he just talks about it's like this. It's like the first time I heard of the term like malaise, where it's like he's looking out on all the things that he tried to do in his life and all the mistakes that he's made, and he's an old man and he's just sitting in them. So that song's beautiful and does make me sad, mm-hmm. um, but. I had one more. Let me see if it'll come back to me. Yeah. Frank Ocean. Frank Ocean makes beautiful music. Yes. Frank Ocean. However, I listen to more than 30 minutes of Frank Ocean for a prolonged period of time. I'm like, oof, something's up. And if I go deep into the comments of a Frank Ocean song, it hopes to find somebody else that is feeling that same thing. Oof. Gotta, gotta get back to the grindstone. So Frank Ocean is someone I have a love-hate relationship with. But, um, man, that, there's a story, like, he made White Ferrari, and he made, like, 33 versions of that song. And then he showed his little brother, who unfortunately just passed away. And the little brother said his favorite song, and that's the one that of 33 versions or something. That's how the story goes that, that Frank picked. He's just the sweetest, most wonderful person. So I love his music. Yeah, yeah I definitely would agree with that he's got a couple songs that definitely 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 hit you mm. um i'll just say if you want to pick a really cheesy song just pick uh see you again with uh Wiz Khalifa and charlie poop <laughs> that song gets you to cry <laughs> especially if you're thinking about someone i think definitely Actually, do you want to? There was one song I've listened to live for the first time that made me cry, like at a concert in front of who knows how many people. Was, um, oh my god, now I'm gonna like forget the name of the song. That's so embarrassing. Um, is that Macklemore song um, about love? Same love? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love. Okay, Macklemore came to Syracuse when I was there, and Whoa. it was. The year after I came out, who like finally had come out, finally was accept trying to accept myself, right? Still working on it, but we're getting there. And I remember 
I was looking for my girlfriend at the time um, because she worked the concert, so it was like hard to find each other. And so I remember I was not near any of my friends, I was not near anyone I knew, and I just stopped. And I just like listened to because the woman was there, so she was performing it live. And I just like let the words hit me, and the the background of his stage had a bunch of pictures with it. Cried like a freaking baby, and I was like, wow, I feel this song. Like this song is in my bones right now, and I think that's one of the ones that's like been the the biggest effect on me was like coming to terms with okay you're gay and that's okay and you know all of these things are the same why does it matter and like hearing that live oh rocked me to my core mm. so good Greta what advice would you give as far as mental health to your 17 year old self you don't have to pretend to like things that you don't like mm. and you do not have to help people who don't deserve your help I wish I knew that when I was like 18 to 25. <laughs> I wish I knew that, you know? Like I was worth more than how those people were treating me. And a lot of it was based in mental health. Like I had a partner who used that to manipulate me, which was, you know, abusive and not okay. Um, but it definitely, if I feel like if I had known that, like, you know, saying that you want to kill yourself to someone that's not in the right place to hear that because I was going through my own mental health things was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to deal with. So I will say like my big advice is if you feel like you're not in the right mental state to deal with your own mental health, do not take on other people's because all you're doing is shoving all that down and then you're not dealing with it. And then you have, you know, all this repressed shit that you didn't know you did. Uh, but I would say that would be my biggest thing was that my, I wish I cared more about my mental health and my well-being than I did somebody else's. So those would be my two like hmm. big things that I would, I mean, I would tell anyone that. The minute that you feel like you're not worth anything is when you're not in the right relationship. Hmm. But that's a story for another day. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. good advice. Yeah. There's shit you can unpack in there, but I mean, at the end of the day, you need to do what's best for you, always, right. even if you don't know what that is. But that's why you reach out for help sure. for people who are in the right mental space to give it to you. I would say that's something actually that I also have been practicing during this like quarantine COVID is that when I reach out to someone, I ask them first if they're in an okay mental state to help me out if I'm having issues with things. Which I think I, my friends have outwardly said, like, I really appreciate that. I had a friend who was like, I'm so sorry. I'm not okay right now. So I can't be that, you know, bouncing board. And that meant a lot to me. Because I knew I wasn't unloading on someone who wasn't prepared to get that load. And I think that's, like, a, a big thing that I've started to take away. Is that it's fair and it makes sense to ask someone if they're able to be there for you right now. I wish I had had that choice. You know, yep. there's like a there's a quote where it's like an expert is someone who has made every single given mistake in one field. Hmm. My my past relationships is that what we're talking about? 
No, it's like, you know, to be like, hey, are you in a spot to take this because you have had it tough? And I think that's something where I would have in a million years never thought of. And that's why we have conversations like this. I do feel like I do learn a ton from speaking with you guys. And, and it, it is so beneficial when you guys share your stories. Hmm. I like that. What about you? Either one of you. If you could give your 17-year-old self advice now. I mean, I know our age differences are a little bit off, but I'd still like to know. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, maybe just in a very simple sense is just to not take people for granted and um, realizing that, you know, the important relationships that you have, you know, they're not necessarily, you know, romantic relationships, but it's just relationships with people. And I think, you know, me at 17, I don't think I could realize that yet. I think it was going to college and maybe just experiences in college that made me realize that, geez, I really need to appreciate, you know, who I have in my life and not get bogged down in, you know, dating or any kind of stuff like that. And I feel like I honestly think about this a lot where, geez, if I could go back and tell myself, you know, hey, don't get dragged down in, you know, whether you like a certain person or not, like just focus on the relationship that you do have with that person in terms of being friends. And like, I'll be honest, I've lost some relationships you know, over the last few years, and it sucks, because I think about, you know, some of the things that maybe I, I did poorly or did wrong, and, you know, think it's just very simple to just, you know, just appreciate the people that, that I have in my life. Whenever I see that, now when you posted it on one of your Facebook, not your Instagram things, Garrett, whenever I see Sun Come Down by Chance the Rapper, I think about you. Appreciate that. Yeah. I think that song is just a really nice, it's a nice record. And it, you posted it and you're like, the song that reminds you of you the most. And now I think about it through, I don't know, I like that song. Oh, yeah, the, the Instagram, like, song a day challenge. Okay. Yeah. Which I openly was just berating every single person that did it and then you posted the sun comes down and i would have taken 300 people posting just songs that i just did not like for months on end just for that one song i so. appreciate that absolutely could you imagine that like you know you, you drop down in a room and it's just you if 23 year old me came down to 17 year old me i don't know what we would talk about like i don't think advice would come up we'd be like what happened your story i think i'd be more interested in seven like what is 17 year old me doing day to day i'd be more interested in like sports teams because i mean at 17 i would just like just get in my car and be like i'm outside of your house like let's go to wendy's let's do i just had so much fun you know i'd probably just be like okay yo what are what are all the professional teams doing how many championships have they won (laughs) yeah you get into the heavy stuff quick oh yeah I'd probably be in like, okay, like, are you working for a TV station yet? (laughs) I'd probably be disappointed with myself, but uh, that's okay. (laughs) Yeah, I I shouldn't say it like that, but, you know, 
that's what yeah, that's what seventeen year olds would probably say. <laughs> what are you doing? We're gonna we're gonna what? Selling what? Uh, hey, how's SNL going? Yeah. Uh, it's going. Oh, dude, yeah, dude, I'm totally working at SNL. One huge thing I've realized is, like, the capacity, because, like, I think a lot of people will ask you to do things, uh, is the ability to find a way to say no. You have to, like, I literally have overextended myself for so many years of my life. And honestly, I'm not saying I'm, like, done with it. I struggle with this a lot of saying yes to things I kind of want to do, which will break, break me down to a point where I'm not even me, when I get to do a thing that I love to do and getting good at saying no to things I kind of want to do so I can do the things that I love. And at 17, at 18, at 19, at 20, I would just say yes to everything and run around and I have to pick up the pieces after and definitely, um, you know, it was a beautiful destruction. It was the most beautiful destruction, but it was also something that could have been saved. But that's a, that's a lifelong vice I'll always have. And I think that's what comes with someone who's a loving person. I think the good thing that we get with all these deep relationships, like Brenna said, like we're relationship builders, is that if you think and you know that you're someone who will go to hell and back for every single person that's in your circle you have to be ready to go to hell. And I think that that's something that a lot of people like talking about real friends, Garrett, talking about like when you make a commitment to someone for life, like what does that really look like? And then if I can't stress that enough, like what would you be willing to give up for that person financially with your time, with your, you know, your reputation, like what would you give up for that person? And how much time are you willing to lose? And if you're willing to lose it all, then you can be a friend with that person. But if not, don't let them in your life. Yeah. Say no. Yeah. And I think that's what I would tell my 17-year-old self. is like, if you bought the ticket, you're taking the ride. You're never getting off that ride. Just make sure you're buying the right ticket. Yeah. Trust your people. Trust your gut. Yeah. Don't sweat the small stuff. No. with a kid 
to help them like see that realize that you know kids come into my room and they're like I have anxiety can I please eat lunch in here I get it you know come on in I, let's talk about it because when I was in high school I would have sat my ass down in the cafeteria and just sucked it up and so like to have that ability to connect with young kids now is a beautiful thing but I think it's hard because there's shit I'm still working through and I'm 26 years old you know but I think that's all just part of the learning experience and I hope some kids don't have to learn things at an earlier age and some I, I'm glad that they have the opportunity to learn I think I'm glad that I think you know it seems like we as a society are moving you know more progressive in terms that you know it's it's okay to talk about your mental health it's okay to talk about these things and you know 10 15 years ago it was like okay whoa like you're a crazy person or this and that and it's like I feel like we still have a ways to go but I think like we're seeing a lot more you know Brenna like you said kids being able to you know feel comfortable having conversations with other people that like you know maybe we wouldn't feel comfortable having those conversations with people like when we were in middle school or high school um so I just think like it's good that there are steps being made but I still feel like we still have like a ways to go to try to really erase kind of the stigma of mental health and you know whether people want to want to say yes or no I deal with it like we all do we all deal with it you know whether it's you know difficult or well I mean it's not really easy for anyone but I think like what I'm trying to say is everyone needs to recognize that we all deal with mental health you know in one way or the other it's not something that you can you know just ignore and be like oh you know not a big deal like we all need to take it seriously because you know it's really important for for, for us as human beings I feel really weird saying that but like you know we're human beings we're complex beings lessons that I I like to teach my students is that you have no idea what that other person is going through like genuinely like if it, like I always made my room it's a no gossip zone if kids are going to talk that's one thing but the minute I hear a put down the minute I hear she's crazy he's crazy he's whatever I will step in and say okay I, I get that you're feeling certain types of way you have no clue what's going on and like especially when I do know what's going on with that kid and it's just mm bullshit that other kids are going to come at them for things that they have to go home and deal with that we don't know about you know and I just feel like that's the one thing that I want everyone to know is you genuinely do not know what is going on in another person's head unless they tell you so the fact that someone does something sit back and say why did they do that like I feel like that's a gift I have because of camp and because of the like job that I'm in is that I have the ability to sit there and say, I know all these things about this person or this kid, and I know that this plus this plus this equals behaviors in class. Like, breaking down the why of someone's behavior is really, really difficult, but once you sit back and actually do it, it's so much easier to, like, work through things to to see where they're coming from, to, to forgive a behavior that they have no control over. Like, and that you know, helps you get past it and helps them. Like, I, I think that's the one thing that I wish people had more of is the ability to think, why is that person acting that way? Hmm. Like, why is that dude driving past me on 90, flipping me off when I'm going 80 miles per hour and he's going 100? Hmm. Why is he 
me off? I don't know. There's a hundred reasons he could be flipping me off. Do I still get road rage? Yes. But am I going to chase him down and beat him up? No. And that's the difference. Oh, <laughs> Brett, believe me. Me and you got a, got a road rage story like you read about. We'll save that one for another day. But, oh, my God, yeah, I don't know if you ever heard that story. But we almost lost a life on account of Brett and keep me wild in the car. Really? Yeah. Oh, I can't wait to hear about that. That's exciting. That is exciting. Just, oh, man. Oh, man. <laughs> man. I forgot about that. And then I remember, we literally almost died. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's wild. Wow. That should be a that should be a separate episode of just like uh, like a Brian and Stewie episode. We talk about just all the all the adventures that we got into and just how many near death and just life experiences like just wild, just oh, wild. Yeah. Thirty PBRs and just like those are some of the best times of my life. You go to Arrowhead, just partying like the night the world was going to end, and then just doing excellent work in the morning was some of the greatest. You'll never get that time back. In your life. Yeah. I've never been taken better care of in that moment. <laughs> everyone is like, we know what you're going through. We saw it. Let's deal with it. And then I'm good. I'm all set for the day. Yeah. 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 There's no, yeah, there's no hi- hiding behind anything. We all saw it. <laughs> so we're going to deal with this. Oh, man. That's funny. You guys want to do the, um, like the, the, beautiful thing that happened throughout the week for us yeah oh yeah i was um also something i thought of like right as i finished writing down notes um you know since this is kind of a mental health type episode so i know we just like gave advice to ourselves but like for people listening could we give advice to some people in terms of you know mental health or like things that help us that might help other people And sorry, if, sorry if I sprung that on you. No, no, like definitely read Meditations by Marcus Aurelius, the former. You know, I mean, again, that's that's how the Stoic philosophy that he imparts is definitely what I use day to day. Like Brenna said, like definitely see the best in people, detach, live a life of um, 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 compassion, and then generally on from your. You know, just be, just be really honest with yourself, um, whether it be anxiety or depression or anything is, you know, talk to yourself, have the dialogue with yourself and figure out where you're at, assess where you're at, and then be open to having your trusted circle take a look in and give you some feedback as well. And then ultimately seek what you need, um, whether that be exercising more, whether that be sleeping more, whether that be seeing a professional, whether that be whatever it is, um, take the steps. You won't regret it. Be vulnerable. You won't regret it. Uh, and yeah, that'd be my advice. I think mine would be slightly similar to the advice I'd give myself, but it would be put, make sure you're taking time for yourself, right? Take, take space, process things before you react. Um, processing looks different for every single person. Work on it. Work on what works for you. It took me a long time to figure out that I need space in a TV show. Um, I think that that's something that takes practice and is hard, but is important. Um, I think making sure that you are in the right space to help other people is huge. And I think just 
don't don't go with what everyone says is the right thing always like sometimes yes it's important it's right but look into other things yourself and see what actually fits like especially to if anyone's listening that is questioning their sexuality or their gender or anything like that go research figure out see other people who you connect with and go from there because that i wish that i had done that i wish that the, the ability had been there for me when i was younger and it is now so i i think that's a huge thing don't let someone else tell you what you feel mm-hmm. so i think a couple things that that i would say um is don't get too high or too low try to you know be as I'm not sure what the what the what the right word is, but um, try to you know take take time to process things and you know try not to get too too down on yourself um, and realize that you know everyone goes through things. We all go through things. You know, some people might go through things that are more difficult for them, um, but. I think, you know, that's probably my first piece of advice. That's typically, you know, how I try to operate is not try to, you know, get too far in like a certain emotion and try to, you know, be as even keeled as I can try to be as, you know, clear headed as I possibly can. Um, Because I think it's when you're not in the right headspace, that's when sometimes maybe you don't, you know, make the right decisions or say the right things or what or whatever. and just the second thing is confide in the people that, that care, that care for you. Um, you know, whether it's your family, whether it's your good friends, you know, anyone really, you know, if it's a, if it's a, a therapist or a psychiatrist or, you know, anyone that you really trust, um, is really important that you do that, you know, and it's always important that I think sometimes you deal with things on your own, but I think it's also very helpful to talk it out with other people that, you know, can relate to you. Um, and so maybe sometimes it helps to talk to a couple of different types of people. I mean, it really just depends on the situation. You know, if you find yourself in a situation that, you know, this person can relate to, you know, maybe it's, it's them that you try to reach out to and try to, you know, figure something out. Um, and just the last thing, um, it's okay to feel overwhelmed and feel emotions in life. Um, it doesn't mean that you're weak. It just means that you're a human being. And I think, you know, mental health, there's a lot of stigma that people that deal with things like this are weak, but that's just not the case. You know, um, we're all human beings. We all deal with things. But, you know, I that's the one thing I really don't like about the mental stig- the stigma of mental health is people that deal with things are weak because they're not. You know, we're just we're all the same. We just sometimes deal with a lot more. Everyone deals with everyone deals with things. So the one thing that I do, I love, um, I love like telling other people or even like telling myself when I'm in a bad place is like, this is a chemical imbalance, right? Like this is not, I'm not actively making myself do that. Um, I'm not purposefully trying to be this way. It it is what it is and I'm going to deal with it and I'm going to grow from it. Um, and there was one, actually, this is, I have a quote that I wrote down for one of my students um, who was having a really difficult time. And it is, um, 
Mental health is a flaw in neurochemistry, not a flaw in character. Which, I mean, I think so many people just need to hear that, where it's anyone can go to therapy. Anyone can reach out to someone for help for any reason. You don't have to, it's, therapy is not just for someone who is seriously struggling with mental health issues. It could be just because you need someone to talk to to work through things. It could be literally anything. I think that that just realizing, like, this has nothing to do with your character and everything to do with your neurochemistry. And that's it. You know? And I, I think that's a lesson I still work on, but is important to remember, is that it has nothing to do with you. It's just your brain. We're all, we're all, we're all human beings. We're all a work in progress. No one, yeah. no one's a finished product. We're constantly, you know, progressing. I love that. All right. So a uh, positive or fun thing since we've last talked. Well, since I've last seen you both, I got a puppy. So I'm going to say. Yes. Is my good news. His name is Simon. He's a blue healer um, lab mix, but he points like a ger- like a pointer, like a German short hair pointer, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. My mom got us a doggy DNA test so we can find out what he is. Oh, that's <laughs> so, so that's cool. My, my big news. He's four months old. He's very cute. That is excellent. Yeah, what are you going to tell me that's going to make you feel warm and fuzzy? Oh, okay. Well, actually, I have two things. There's kind of a kind of a big, like, wholesome thing, and then there's, like, a big nerd, like, geeky thing that I've, like, been super crazy about. So w- which one do you want to hear first? The geeky one. The geeky one. Okay, so um, for, for those of you that have not been, you know, living under a rock, there's... Uh, a new uh, Batman movie that's coming out in, uh, I think, October of next year. And there was a trailer that recently came out for it, and uh, it was awesome. Like, that is making me so excited uh, to go see this movie. Um, So, you know, obviously it's a new Batman, Robert Pattinson. You may remember him as the one of the guys from Twilight, but uh, it just was really awesome for me to see that trailer, see a different you know, actor take on the role, kind of what they're going to bring to, you know, Batman, what the movie is going to look like. And it just made me so excited watching that trailer. It's just like the perfect Batman movie. You know, I think that they're going to take it in a direction that not a lot of people are expecting. So I think it's it's going to be awesome. And I'll be honest, I've watched the trailer like 10 times because <laughs> it just, just makes me so excited. <laughs> Um, so I'll share my uh, kind of wholesome thing. So um, there is a TV show on HBO called Hard Knocks where they follow the training camp of an NFL team. Um, and so this summer, um, HBO is following both the Los Angeles Rams and the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, they're both going to be playing in the same stadium this year. So um, towards the end of the most recent episode that aired Tuesday night, um it was during the, um, I think this part of this episode was filmed during the um, kind of stoppage of professional sports uh, last week or the week or so where 
Um, and it was the NBA that kind of head started it, just putting a stop to all the professional games to bring, you know, awareness and try to bring justice to um, Jacob Blake and, you know, any people that have been affected by um, police violence. And um, it really was a really powerful, powerful thing for, for all sports as they, you know, stopped for a few days and tried to force, you know, conversations that need to continue to keep happening. So um, this episode took place during then. And so the Chargers, it was either maybe the day of or maybe a few days after where they were going to go play a scrimmage in the new stadium. And, um, you know, they're in the new stadium, they're practicing, looking like they're ready to go. And then they called a team meeting in the locker room where everyone on the team is gathered around and they just, you know, talk about some of these issues and um, they decided to not play their scrimmage, you know, and it was a scrimmage that I believe was going to be televised on NFL Network or some type of station. And instead of playing, the players got up and started talking about some of the issues that they want to try to bring to light. And so instead of practicing, they brought attention to some of these issues. And um, I'll be honest, I, I sobbed. I saw it for a few minutes because it just was, it was beautiful. It's exactly what like I want to see from, from sports and bringing kind of a attention to some of these issues that I think the conversations need to keep happening. Um, but it just was amazing to see that group of players saying like, Hey, this is not important right now. You know, where we, we've had enough and we need to, you know, continue to work on this. So I think it was, it was pretty amazing. It was really a, a beautiful thing to watch. That is dope. Yeah, I think my favorite thing for the week, I had, I had a really, uh, I was kind of lucky, so I'm kind of gearing up for the marathon on the 12th, so I do my, you do a little long run like two weeks out. I did not know this until about a week ago, I was on the phone with my sister, and she's like, yeah, when are you going to do your long run? And I'm like, on the marathon. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so I'm, I was going, oh, I'll do about anywhere from 15 to 20. I'll do it. I did it yesterday. And I borrowed Mikey Langan's Fitbit, because I would go to the gym with him like 4 in the morning, like, do that like Monday to Friday. Like, we love doing that. It's our happy place. And I'm like, yeah, I got my long run. He's like, well, do you have a Fitbit? Like, how are you going to know how long you went for? So anyway, he gives me his Fitbit to wear for the, for the thing. And I, like, don't know how to use it. You guys know I'm brutal with technology. So I'm, like, two miles in, and it just stopped working. And I just could not get the Fitbit to work. I run the whole thing. I run back to his house. And I get there. I'm, like, shaking the Fitbit at him. And I'm, like, chirping him for the Fitbit. And at the end of the day, it was just such a beautiful thing. Like, he knows that, like, one, I'm brutal at running. Two, I'm brutal with technology. And we're just sitting there just laughing like hyenas. I can't even walk. I'm like just like staggering around the house telling him about how bad his Fitbit is. And it was a very joyous thing. And it's like at the end of the day, it's like it's the people. Like I love that I got to do the run. But like I love what I was doing it for. And I love that like I get to share that with people. And um, it was just something I really did. It was a fuzzy feeling. And I just love that. Love that kid. He's one of the coolest dudes. Like really he's a great friend of mine. And at the end of the day, like this marathon is like as much as it stinks running, like just been a really joyous thing through and through. I'm so glad that I did it, and I'm really looking forward to just throwing on their shoes in a few weeks and just knocking it out. How long is your long run? Uh, it was just a little over 17. Okay. I feel good today. Feeling good. Feeling good. Awesome. Feeling good, looking better. Right, 
That's some great thank stuff. You, thank you to our listeners also. You guys are great. We do appreciate you guys. I hear feedback from – it always comes in from a variety of places. Like we'll record a, an episode on X and then I'll get reached out to a friend. I'll get reached out to or get, or get reached out to. But we really do appreciate you guys listening. And, you know, we are opening ourselves up in a way that, you know, we're all – you know, some of us more private than others. But, um, you know, we do this because we think it's important what we're doing. The, the topics that we're covering we think are very important and ultimately um, – Thank you so much for listening. We really do appreciate it so much. Yeah, no, I would say we, we have fun doing it. We do. I don't know. I don't know about you guys. I love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Um, well, good. I think I think that's great. I think that wraps it up a great um, episode eight. So, yeah, we'll get to get back to our listeners whenever. So everyone have a great rest of your week and uh, weekend, and we'll talk to you soon.